0: So, uh, a couple of pretty neat things happening around here. We have, uh, obviously we're talking about, and I, I see Claudio and his son here today. We're happy to have them. We're um, helping, partnering with uh, them to plant a new church. They're going to be moving into their home in Flower Mound on Tuesday. So, uh, continue to think about, pray for them. As it's uh, kind of an awesome thing that we're going to be doing there. Um, also wanted to uh, let you know that we have a uh, another really neat thing happening we're working on the exact date it's going to be in I think two weeks maybe the 14th Heather will shake her head yes or no but we have uh, the farmers to uh, families organization we've contacted them and um, they are going to be bringing a pallet uh, or maybe more than one pallet of boxes of food it's part of a uh, a thing that they've started in all of this because of the supply chains were disrupted, and so it's, it's going to be really cool that we're going to have that uh, here. They're going to bring those to us, and uh, we're going to be able to distribute those. So I just uh, am letting you know that. And if you have families, and we'll begin to announce that date. I think it's the 14th, um, the 11th. Yeah, okay, the 11th. I, I should—that's a Saturday. That's the day before my birthday, by the way. So um, it'll be an awesome celebration. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But um, anyway, so on that day We're going to have all these boxes Over a hundred boxes of food And we're going to pass those out If you know families that uh, could use that Then you might talk to them about that And uh, we're going to begin to spread the, spread the word around here And if it continues as, as long as they are able to continue We hope to also be able to continue that So it's our first run families, uh, Farmers to families It's going to be pretty cool there But anyway, you guys doing okay today? Are we okay? Teresa's bringing me a something real quick. Thanks. She's the, uh, my glasses. (laughs) She's the cutest, isn't she? So, all right. uh, What a great time to be together. I just have to tell you, I'm I'm excited to be here. I am so excited about what we have been um, talking about, what we're going through, and I just, I hope that you have been too. I don't know if you have, but Uh, man, God has been with us. There's been some incredible teaching that I feel like He has uh, revealed to me over the last year, and if you have missed any of the things that we talked about, the Holy Spirit and glory, uh, the first several months of the year, then please go back to the website, subscribe to the podcast. Um, I'm not promoting myself in any way, just the teaching that God has given is so good, and then over this Uh, next section that we're going through the summer of love man get in on some of those things listen to that God is maybe it's just for me I don't know I I don't know if you guys feel the same way you might go back and listen and think I don't know what he's talking about but um, I just really God has really been speaking to me opening my heart and um, it's really neat when you read the same scripture that you've read for many years and all of a sudden it has a new meaning it brings new light um, God reveals something different, so anyway, today, welcome to the summer of love it 's uh, an awesome time together i 'm excited about it. Um, if you know me at all, you know that I really I just dig the love of God, and i 'm so excited that he loves me i just can 't get over the grace that He has bestowed on me, and I want everybody else to know the same thing so the summer of love we're, we're a few weeks into our summer theme we started on John three sixteen. 16 um, one of the probably one of the most uh, famous of all of the scriptures and God has shown us how to love he's shown us the way we should love others and if our country is going to get past the funk that it's in I believe that it's going to require Christians to unite and to love people I, I just believe that's what's going to have to happen then uh, after that we talked about a new command that jesus gave he introduced it he lived it a new way to love loving one another with a love that gave self loving one another in a way that is uncommon and you're going to hear me say that As a matter of fact we should make a bumper sticker because it's going to be all summer it's an uncommon love and then last week we talked about the conversation that jesus had with peter um, whenever after Jesus had been resurrected, the, Peter and some of the guys were fishing, and they recognized Jesus on the shore, you remember, and then Peter jumped in the lake, swam to Jesus, and Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And every time he asked him, do you love me, he followed it with, then feed my sheep, right? So it is very important for us to show Jesus that we love him, that we are discipling people. It's what God has called us to do. That's why small groups... And Sunday school is so so important we need to be in those discipling relationships so one thing I just can't get away from it just since I discovered it afresh for the first time um, or as if for the first time years ago now is John 13 34 when Jesus said a new command that we should love one another now don't worry I'm not gonna re-preach it I did that a couple weeks ago at least not today Maybe in a week or two we'll preach it again But I don't, I don't want to re-preach it today I do want to start there though Knowing that Jesus did that Is going to lead us into our scripture in Romans today Okay. And by the way as I go through this The notes today are going to be in the Bible app You can find them there Or download the church's app And go to the um, sermon notes that are there So John thirteen thirty four is where Jesus says that What I want to start with today is that to get us where we're going so looking at the book of john chapter 13 okay looking at chapter 13 um, going back to the beginning of the chapter um, jesus knew where he was going with all of this he knew what his conversations with them were going to be jesus loved his followers and he wanted them to learn a message about what it means to be a group of people who really loved He wanted them to understand that. So Jesus, being smart as he was, he set them up from the very beginning. So he did the unthinkable. He became a servant to them, something that they just were not used to, something that um, they, obviously, they pushed back against it a little bit. Jesus washed their feet. You remember that? And uh, he, he got down on his knees. He silently washed their feet. He silently dried them with the towel, And he's he's setting them up for the message he really wanted them to hear and understand later. Can you imagine Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, kneeling down in front of you to wash your feet? man and now that they're beginning to understand who Jesus is they didn't want any part of it no Jesus I should wash your feet but you see Jesus was teaching them something different he was really just setting them up after showing them this type of love after showing them what it meant to be a servant after showing them what love does which by the way is a great book I recommend highly Bob Goff has a book called love does Mm, it's good you hear about that more later in the summer too after doing these things for him, for them, he says, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, we didn't get into the setup, a new command I give you, love one another. See, he's, he's showing them this is what love looks like. So then, then when he said, so here's the new command, love one another, they're like, oh, I see. It's what you were just demonstrating to us but so he says a new command i give you and can you imagine this disciples all gathered around jesus had done their feed and they're sitting and then later on they're sitting around and they're having this meal together like all this you know just mushy kind of good feelings going on and he says hey guys a new command i give you can you imagine the disciples together just leaned in oh this is gonna be good what is this new command i i can hear them wondering is this a test what is this is this going to be something new they'd already experienced jesus washing their feet and and telling them uh to do as he had done and to serve each other but now he's going to give them a new command and a new command was this do you remember say it with me that you love one another remember a new command i give you that you love one another now we can sit here and we can look back and we can say, "Oh, that's nice. That's good. We should love one another." I get that. But what he was saying was to all of them something different, but for instance, Peter, listen, buddy, you're going to have to get over Matthew's former life as a tax collector. You're going to have to love him and understand that's different than put up with. Right? It's different than put up. Yes, I have to put up with you. <laughs> And yes, you have to put up with me. But that's not what Jesus is telling them. He wasn't saying, a new command I give you, you guys put up with each other, and put up with each other really good. He's telling them, love one another as I loved you. And that's the kicker. How should we love? Like he loved us. You mean I have to get on my knees and wash the feet of the sinner? Yeah. You mean I have to stand up for the underserved? Mm hmm. You mean if I see a prostitute in the streets, I should protect her? Yeah. It's hard. In this moment, Jesus declared that all humans have value. For the church, and and understand this, this was so important to the foundation and the forming of the early church. For the church to succeed, for it to come into existence, for it to last, they had to do this because what they were showing was an uncommon way of loving each other. It created a spectacle, something that nobody was used to. They weren't used to seeing this. The, The master never served the servant, ever. You never stood up for those who weren't righteous. You didn't visit with the sinners. You just didn't do it. For this to last, the only way it would happen is this way. In this moment, and I love that, Jesus is saying every human has value. And I think in all of the race discussions we've had lately, every Christian needs to read that and, and just take a moment and understand. Every person has value. You guys remember the peanuts. you right, Snoopy, Charlie Brown, everybody knows them. One day, Linus said to Lucy, I'm going to be a doctor when I grow up. Lucy, Lucy said, you a doctor? You're never going to be a doctor. You know why? because you don't love mankind that's why linus said well i do love mankind it's the people i can't stand you see the thing there by the way that's in the notes if you wanted to have that this illustrates the challenge that we face when we're trying to obey god and to be more like him god wants us to love people in real and concrete ways in In real ways, in ways that make sense, so today we 're going to look at romans chapter twelve okay and, and paul so this is wanted to start with jesus' words because in in Romans chapter twelve verses nine through twenty one uh, Paul gives some clarification he gives some some more substance to what jesus is saying and and it's i 'm glad that paul did i I feel sad that he had to or really that any of us have to have clarification sometimes we should we have a hard time just accepting what Jesus said, but this is a great teaching. This is where we're going to park for the next two weeks, okay? We're not going to get through the whole thing today, so we're going to start, though. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with with people of low position. Do not be... Conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, and this is for us today, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals. On his head, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's good, right? You can see why there's no way we're going to get through it all today, but we're gonna. Uh, I'm going to kind of give you some some uh, precursor to this. Let's set this up. So in this section of Romans, Paul is changing the way he's doing it for a little bit. He's he's changing his approach. Uh, if you read through Romans and I don't know if you have great, great theological book read through Romans study that thing it's, it's, it's a great book if you read through it you're going to see that Paul typically uses these well-developed sentences that uh, have a mature theological concept Like he, and that's one of Paul's great strengths is he is so good at, at explaining the theology of what it means to be a follower of Jesus he, he does a great job and through Romans that's the truth but when we get to this section, the, the Greek syntax is, is a little different. His thoughts and his sentences are, are just shorter. They're not as long as they had been, they're, they're more simpler. They're more simple. Excuse me. Almost every sentence contains a command. And for you, grammar buffs, you'll notice that in many sentences, there is no verb. It's interesting. He just changes the way he's writing this part. It almost appear, appears as if this whole section are uh, commands of a random nature, like almost like they're just sentences, but when you dig a little deeper, and we're going to do that today, go a little closer, you find that there's there's really just a unifying theme to the whole thing. So, let's look at what Paul's purpose is. Nine. Um our only logical response to Jesus and what he's doing here, let me make sure I get, yeah. All right, our only logical response to, to, to Jesus and to God and, and the mercies of God, so God has provided tremendous mercy for us. We can all understand that we, we get that. So the mercy that God has provided, the only logical response is for us to lay our lives down on the altar of sacrifice to God now you might be saying how exactly do I do that we're not talking Old Testament sacrifice yourself way it's an offering of transformation it's an offering of giving up ourself that includes rejecting worldly ways and and the values of the world and involves renewing our minds I'm sure you know that scripture renew our minds daily so the way we offer ourselves as a sacrifice is to reject the old ways, reject the sin nature, reject and then renew our minds. And this, this offering really, it's transformative of our life and following Jesus. And so when we offer ourselves like this to God, it leads to a right view A correct view of ourselves in God's sight. So then then we begin to see the way God sees us, and it leads to a right relationship with Him, and in turn leads to us using our gifts to build the kingdom and to support the body. Okay, am I making sense so far? So we give ourselves as a living sacrifice. That means giving up our old ways renewing our mind as our mind renews and we focus on the things of God we realize what God's trying to do in us and then we begin to live with each other using our gifts supporting each other building the kingdom it's one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing that all makes sense (coughs) so how are we going to get this thing into love so that's that's but that's how Paul sets it up the first um, part of this book Uh, yeah this book we can see that now as part of this offering as part of renewing our minds as part of following him because of what Jesus said we know that it's going to require an expression of love so we're giving ourselves to him we're renewing our minds renewing our minds centers us and focuses us on jesus who gave the command to love one another as he has loved us okay you follow me it's logic love is the most important factor in our walk with god because there are several things and we've kind of been talking about it some god is love scripture teaches that he is love and if we are filled with the love of god truly and we're renewing our minds and we're focusing ourselves on him then it's impossible should be for anything other than love to come out because we are filling ourselves with the love of god only that's all that's here and that's all that can come out and that's what holiness is in fact it's crazy that love is what causes holiness in us righteousness the right way to live It all starts with love. I hope everybody's doing okay. I feel like we're kind of taking a deep dive here. We're going to come up in a minute, okay? So here and at home, just pay attention. It gets good. Jesus made love for God at the center of what's important. For this church love is one of our guiding principles it is our guiding principle let me you saw when you walked in to love like jesus so lives are changed that is our guiding principle what do we want to do we just want to love like jesus man and we know the result of loving people like jesus is changed lives Okay, now, it's important to dig into love a little bit here. Love can be abstract. It can be vague. It can be a relative idea. Going back to what we said in the beginning, to put up with each other. We kind of think that's love. Oh, man, you should have heard what they said all kinds of crazy things, and I just put up with it. I must love them. No. You've all been there. Thanksgiving every year, you gather with family or friends, and they all say crazy things, you know? You try to avoid talking politics at the dinner table because... You know, I'm going to have to put up with them now. (laughs) But that's not what it is. It's not just this mushy, uh, we're going to put up with each other. Paul wants us to move from the abstract to the concrete. He wants us to move from the realm of vague and relative ideas, like I love people, to I'm going to do something specific Something concrete. Something, how do I do that? So in the scripture, Paul gives us very specific attitudes and behaviors to show what real and sincere love looks like. That's the whole point of this section of scripture. This is what sincere love, and and if it's real, this is what it's going to look like. So he breaks it up into three sections. First is how we should love each other within the body then he talks about how we should love non-christians and the last section is and probably the hardest for us is how to love those who persecute us three distinct ways of doing this here i'm really gonna have to work on my introductions because we're just we're just now at the introduction but you can see why there's just no way to get through all the verse today. So we're going we're gonna to focus really on the first one, and which means you'll definitely want to come back next week to hear, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. Because we're going to start today, we're going to finish next week. All right, so the whole point, the whole focus of today for me is uh, non-hypocritical love. And so if we're looking here uh, at chapter 12, verse 9, love must be sincere. Love must be sincere hate what is evil, cling to what is good. The NIV says sincere. The, the English standard says genuine. The Greek word is, I'm going to try to say this, Anupokritos. Oh, that was good. Look, anupokritos. En, right? It means, it's just, I practiced that word before we came, so I didn't sound dumb. Uh, it means genuine unfeigned or undisguised unmasked love it's genuine love, it's real love so so when Paul says love must be sincere the the word is this, and and what he's saying is the love has to be genuine it's sincere I don't think captures what he's trying to say he's saying like unfeigned not fake, undisguised not hypocritical real love Interesting to note that in, in the Greek, this is one of those sentences, there is no verb. Almost like this is the heading of what is to follow. You know, whenever you, sometimes you write a paper or you read a book and it has a heading over a chapter. That's kind of what, it, it almost appears like that's what Paul's doing here. Inter- or obviously, God wants us to love in a non-hypocritical, genuine way. But we have to ask, what is non-hypocritical love? So let's carry on and find out. So he probably says, I'm glad you asked, because he keeps going. Uh, Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Detest evil. Abhor evil. We might have a tendency to, to think of love like an emotional warm and fuzzy feeling love right and you've you've been there you've you've done that something that maybe erases a sense of right and wrong have you ever been there like oh there's just this everything's good and uh i i i think of and i think i can say this without being too judgmental because my family's and sarissa's family were both hippies so like they loved everybody you know like we, we just love people, man. Like, it's, oh, it's all good. And somewhere in there, it becomes this way of love that oh, there's no right or wrong. We just want to love each other, right? But that's not Christian love. Christian love is not a, a, a pointless or, an, or a love without direction. Christian love is specifically pointed at a direction, and that's what Paul's trying to say. And this is the direction. To hate evil... But cling to what is good. It's crazy, right? Hate evil, cling to what is good. And and that Greek word cling means, again, I think we think or maybe it's just me of static cling. You know, the dryer sheets you put them in, like that kind of cling? No. The kind of cling it's talking about is that word is to be glued to, or even stronger, fastened to, to screw it down, to to nail it down, cling to. In other words, hold on tightly. And this is the question for Christians. How do we reconcile loving and loving God's people with the sin that we face? I think it's probably best to use Jesus as an example. He loved people, but not their sin. In fact, he was okay to call somebody's sin out, but I I think that they never doubted his love for them and then when he saw somebody like think of Matthew the tax collector who a known sinner or Zacchaeus remember the wee little man that's an old song wee little man was he I'm the only one okay you do that one later he climbed up in the sycamore tree to see what he could see right And, and Zacchaeus but Jesus said hey let's go to your house today for dinner what no Now, did he say, okay, Zacchaeus, we're going to have this mushy kind of warm love. Listen, brother, you do whatever you want to do. Sin all you want. I'm going to show you love. He had this knack of being able to love people and call their sin out at the same time. But see, people are not going to allow us to speak into their lives until they trust us because they know we do love them because in most people's lives when somebody tries to speak into it they're speaking judgment and hate they're trying to correct but i haven't given you permission to correct well because i i don't trust you how do i know you really love me like we have to as christians find that and and i think that's what paul's alluding to here to uh cling to what is good to grab a hold of to be glued to what is good but to hate evil and for christians that's one of the hardest things because i i think that we look at something and we see sin in someone's life and and our first instinct is to call it out because the spirit in us does not resonate with that right and we're and so the spirit in us hates the evil but we have to look past that and see the person how can i draw that person in how can i let them see i love them and then then i at some point will have permission to talk into the lives and say hey This is what God is trying to do for you. And I don't know about you, but that has actually happened in my life. When somebody has put their guard down, realized that I do love them, that I'm not going to hatefully judge them, then they ask me, so what do you think about this? How can I do this? Can you help me? Oh, man, I've been hoping you would ask because Jesus loves you, and he doesn't like this thing that you have in your life, so let's work past that. I think we have to hate the evil that damages and destroys life and i think we have to look for the good in people and encourage them and it's a balance we have to strike all right so uh he goes on here he says um hate what is evil cling to what is good verse 10 be devoted to one another in brotherly love honor one another above yourselves okay be devoted to one another Oh this is good. This part's really good. So in the Greek it's translated literally one to another. One to another. Man, okay, I'm going to tr- I'm going to try to get you to the place where it makes you feel like I do like I got a little a shiver about that because uh be devoted to one another to love show love one to another okay it's not just me showing love to you it's you also showing love to me one to another it is the glue that binds us together it is the web that weaves whatever you want to say it is how we as christians should function one to another it is what supports us. It is what carries us on. It is why I know that I can get on the phone if I ever needed to, and I can call my friend Steve and say, Steve, I'm struggling, man. And he's like, hey, you're part of this whole Christian one-to-another web, brother. Just lay it on me. Right? One-to-another. I, I, I love that phrasing, and and it's what he's saying. Love one-to-another. Um, and the word here is Philadelphia. <laughs> Interesting, right? From the root "phileo," which we talked about last week, which is a, uh, a kind and affectionate, uh, affectionate kind of family love for each other. It is it is to say family love. Some of you are like, I don't love my family. <laughs> right? This is a this is a very uh, intimate. The city of brotherly love, you know Philadelphia, right? This is a very intimate family love. Imagine that family that you know, okay? If you are that family, congratulations. Not all families are that way, but there's this intimate, deep uh, phileo Philadelphia for each other. And that's what they're saying, that kind of love, one to another, okay? So to have... It's saying to have a very kind and affectionate love for each other, to have a deep family affection. Imagine the perfect family that there's no judgment. I'm I'm closing my eyes and picturing it. No condemnation. No arguing. That kind of love. And then he goes on to say, this is great. I love that Paul does this. He must have been an athlete at some point because he says, um, Be devoted to one another and brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Um, the the word that again sometimes you have to get in the Greek to get this it carries the sense of competition. He's saying outdo one another. Who can love the other person the most? It's it, in the Greek they would have understood it to be competitive. You're having a competition. Can I love you more than you can love me? I don't think so. Can you love me more? Uh-uh. I'm gonna love you more. Mm-mm, I'm gonna love you more you know what I mean I'm gonna love you more that's that's the that's what he's trying to do how can we love each other with competition trying to outdo one another who can do it the best who can love the most seriously it tells us to compete with each other on who can love each other the best I think that's great because my number one strength is competition <laughs> so I want to love you <laughs> alright that was a uh much hyped outdo one another okay so then uh, in verses 11 and 12 there's six command in just two verses these two short verses six command Try, he's trying to convey the point basically to, to keep it going uh, never be lacking in zeal keep your spiritual fervor serve the Lord be joyful in hope patient in affliction faithful in prayer six commands these are all the these are all the things loving people can be hard work <laughs> you ever noticed that sometimes we just get tired of loving people ask my kids i can see it coming <laughs> the love that they have for each other is coming to an end that's when i step in i'm like whoa 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 let's <laughs> come on you guys retreat back to your rooms get your love back on and we'll come back together later we need to rely on god to supply our spiritual fervor it is so important that we don't lack spiritual fervor that we don't lose it we have to continue to press on we have to attempt to always be pressing in towards god it's nothing that just happens automatically Corey Jones always says, uh, he's another pastor friend of ours in um, Fort Worth, Crossroads Tabernacle. He says uh, to press in. He's always saying that, press in, let's press in. And I love that. Let's press in together. Press in together. Let's press in to God. That's what it's saying. To to, to press in is what we have to do if we're going to maintain that spiritual fervor. We can't just take a seat and sit here and relax and wait on the spiritual fervor to happen, on the excitement, on the zeal, on the the zest for God. We have to press in. We have to be intentional. We have to always be going, always be moving forward, having sincere love for others, especially those that cause us pain and suffering. God can give us hope as we pray regularly and diligently for others and for ourselves. We're pressing in, we're praying to God, he, and he, he gets that, He feels that, He senses that, He gives us hope. He helps us to keep that fire burning so that when people are mean to us, we can love them anyway. This is one of the things that I caution every Christian about on any social media. Because I've seen way too much of it in the last month. People get nuts. Because it's so easy for us to just drop a bomb and then walk away. We've got to remember that God is filling us with his love. And even on social media, we've got to show love to other people. Because how will they know that Jesus loves them unless we love them. Now, I'm not saying that everything everybody puts is always right, um, but I am saying that we should ignore a, very, a whole lot of stuff that people put. We just have to show love. We have to let them see love. that God has not called us to rectify every wrong thought on Facebook or Twitter. Those seem to be the two worst. <laughs> instagram people are put like posting pictures of their dogs and on twitter and facebook they're posting pictures of like graphs and this proves that i'm right and you're wrong and um man we got to press into god all right so last thing paul talks about hospitality now keep in mind in the first century they didn't have hotels and restaurants like we do they couldn't just run down to the Holiday Inn and spend the night. Like, they relied on each other a lot. They would be going from town to town, and I might be going to town and, and ask one of my friends, hey, who do you know that lives over there in Flower Mound? You think they'd let me stay? Yeah, I'd go over here, talk to them. Oh, okay. Come into Flower Mound, I'm like, hey, there's no hotels. I need to stay here. Uh, my friend said to look for Sam. Sam, oh, good. Can I spend the night with you? Can you feed me too? Like, it was a hospitality. Paul saying that we should— We should be hospitable to each other. We should show hospitality, but don't confuse hospitality with entertaining, okay? Two different things. With entertaining, we invite somebody over to our house. We pull out Grandma's china. uh, We get everything, like, perfect meal. We do our best barbecue so that we can impress them. Like, those are things we should do. Don't get me wrong. And if it's barbecue, you can invite me. But it's a tough crowd today, man. Like... (laughs) All right, so that's that's uh, entertainment, okay? Now, hospitality, it focuses on other people's needs. We need to be a hospitable person. Uh, we might need to let people use our home or our resources. Somebody might need a place to live. Somebody might need a place to eat or a meal as they navigate through a difficult time. like. We've got to be willing to do that. But at the same time, I'm going to tell you, Christian brothers and sisters, it's okay to let other people know your need. If you have a need, let somebody know. Don't try to carry that burden alone. Again, remember the Christian web, one to another. Let me bless you. If I can, I will. If I can't, I'll find somebody or talk around. Who can we? I think something bred into the the united states and especially texas is when i fall i pull myself up by my own bootstraps i'm gonna go and i'm gonna take care of my own self and and my dad said don't don't you be going asking everybody for help i mean there is a sense that we need to not be lazy but also we're gonna come on a hard time at some point in our life and we have got to know that we can rely on each other and that's okay sincere love seeks ways to minister to other people's needs. Man, how are people going to know the love of Jesus? It's how we love each other. And the question is, do we love each other deeply? Do we honor each other Above ourselves, and, and this is this is where I want to close today, so I'm looking here. Uh, be devoted to one another, and I didn't spend a lot of time on this during because I want to close this way. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, Philadelphia. Honor one another above yourselves. If you hear nothing else from this scripture today, remember that: Honor one another above yourselves. We have a tendency as people to want to be the one elevated in honor. It's just, it's just humanity. Now, as we draw closer to God and we give Him more of ourselves and and His Spirit changes us, then that desire fades. But I want to tell you that as Christians, I think if we could get to that place, It it might end racism. Honor one another above yourselves. It might end uh, hungry children if we could honor one another above ourselves. If we would learn to honor others this is what kind of love God has called us to. This is what God wants from us. And, and we've talked in the last few weeks about love and God's love and the command that Jesus gave us and, uh, you know, some really good stuff. But I think today we're kind of beginning to put some rubber to the road. You know what I mean? Like, these are some practical ways that we could love each other. These are some practical ideas. Here are some ways to put this in practice so i just encourage all of you everybody watching online everybody who's here if we hear nothing else today let's honor one another wouldn't that be awesome if the world began to notice how much followers of jesus honored one another and it began to change people this morning we're going to end with a time of communion, and uh, just with the way things are going, we're not going to be able to do it like we normally do. Um, but you all have a a, a prepackaged cup and, and bread at your table. I think it's important for us. What a great day as we're showing this type of brotherly love. Christian family love for each other to share the communion meal together it was so important to Jesus that we do this this was one of the last things he did before he was crucified at our church we don't have closed communion it's, it's open communion you don't have to be a member of the church to, to participate and um, I just, I love remembering how in the night that Jesus, Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which will be broken for you. I invite you now to take and eat his body and remember what he did for us. we recall as well how on the same night when he was betrayed he took the cup the cup of blessing and he said this is my blood which will be shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins when you do this do it in remembrance of me so i invite you now to take and drink in remembering it was jesus blood that was shed to cover our sins let's just take a minute and say Jesus this morning as we are sharing this meal together this establishment of communion that you did so long ago we ask that you would help it be a communion meal that binds us that draws us to you and that draws us to each other so that we can truly begin to experience Philadelphia, a Christian family, intimate love for each other. And God, that you would help us learn to honor each other so that any words that we might have that are discouraging or negative we would maybe stop and think for a minute. Man, we love you today, God. And we thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice made for us. And we ask that you would just now come and fill us with your love so that we may be conduits of your love for others. And help us, Holy Spirit, to honor other people above ourselves so that they might experience what true love is. Help us to look at people and not see a different race or a different ethnicity. Help us to not see a different political view or a, a different worldview. I, I was reminded this morning in our in our class, our small group, that a friend of mine used to always say to remember when you lock eyes with someone, you lock eyes with someone who Jesus loves. Every time we look at somebody, help us to remember when we lock eyes with someone, we lock eyes with someone who Jesus loves. Be with us today. Thank you for, for uh, being with us now. Continue to, Holy Spirit, continue to uh, guide and direct us in every step we just ask that you bring an end to all of the craziness that's going on and however we can be a part of that we want to partner with you to bring love to bring change all of these things we pray in Jesus precious name